Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Ich warte seit Wochen auf diesen Tag und tanz vor Freude über den Asphalt. Als wär's ein Rhythmus, als gäb's ein Lied, das mich immer weiter durch die Straßen zieht. Komm dir entgegen. Hallo und willkommen zu Gegenpressing. I'm your host Manuel Feit. And um, yeah, no Stefan Bianchowski today. He's busy. Um, looking at properties. That was the word. He's going to explain to me what exactly he's looking at um, when we meet in Hamburg. Don't worry, there's going to be an episode with Stefan this week. Um, but to fill in for Stefan, I recruited a very, very, very special person, uh, someone who can shed some light on this whole Robert Lewandowski saga at Bayern Munich. Um, I want to introduce Pavel Vilkovic. Pavel! Hello. So good to speak to you. We haven't spoken in, I feel like, forever. <laughs> um, yeah, we used to speak a lot about some Russian football, Ukrainian football. Yeah. It's a, Lewandowski, finally, finally. Yeah, we finally get to talk about Lewandowski. Those who don't know you, Pavel, uh, who are you? What do you do? Uh, and why <laughs> are you a specialist to talk about Lewandowski? Yeah. Uh, maybe it's better to say I what I used to be more of a specialist in Robert uh, situations and, and career because uh, uh, we wrote uh, a book together, uh, his official biography, some years ago. Then it was updated. Uh, I was then working for a Sport PL website. Uh, now I'm at uh, Via Play, so a broadcaster of Bundesliga in Poland. And, uh, uh, you know, situation of Robert and Bayern and uh, his plans are also affecting our situation. So we follow it closely. Uh, last uh, Saturday, he told us after uh, the game in Wolfsburg that it might have been his last game for Bayern. So... The news, as you know, traveled around the world and uh, was a big news uh, for us especially. Uh, yeah, that's it for introduction, I think. So I'm now an editor-in-chief of, of uh, Polish uh, Via Play. We now have Bundesliga as our main dish. From this summer on, uh, it will be accompanied by Premier League. We also have European Cups. So getting more and more to uh, present. Perfect. And we'll talk about Lewandowski right after this break. This episode of the Gegenpressing Podcast is brought to you by BetOnline. Our partners at BetOnline continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all of the latest sports developments, including updated odds on the NBA and NHL playoffs, Major League Baseball, fights, and even next season's NFL futures. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino and poker games. It's super easy to get started, so head to the website today or use your mobile device to join and use our promo code BELIEVE, that is BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, 
to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, where the game starts. All right, so yeah, the news. I mean, um, Pavel, this is not the first time that we had this discussion mm-hmm. with Lewandowski and him wanting to leave. In fact, I think the last time we've actually met, we this was in Sochi. I think it was after the quarterfinals of the World Cup. And we had this in private, of course. Back then, you know, this Bundesliga podcast already existed, but um, it wasn't as big or as it is today. And I think Lewandowski wasn't quite as big of a topic because this was during the World Cup and this gig pressing podcast took a break. But the two of us had a chat, I think not far away from where Russia doped all its athletes. Um, and you were saying to me then that Lewandowski already wanted out, right? This was four years ago. And then, of course, the story was that he would extend his contract after all. Um, he did then would end up winning the Champions League as well two years later um, amidst the pandemic. Because I think that was his aspiration at the time that he wanted to go on and win the Champions League, right? But, you know, I think a lot of people in Germany, when this originally all surfaced, looked back at that original situation in 2018 and said, well, he's done this before. But why do you think this time is different? I wonder if it's different. Uh, I think we are seeing the the third chapter of this trilogy of of uh, uh, transfer requests. That the first one was Borussia Dortmund 2013. Then it was, uh, let's say, 2018, the the first part of the year. And now we are into a third uh, chapter. And they are all pretty similar. But if you, you were the the one to uh, go back to 2018, I think it's a good example because it was some sort of, let's say, existential crisis in the life of a footballer. So Robert, I think, thought that, uh, as you said, if he wants to win the Champions League, he has to change the club. And uh, he changed the manager not uh, long uh, before and Pini Zahavi came to uh, help him change the club. Uh, and as you remember, during the World Cup, probably the it was uh, a cold war with Bayern. Yeah. But then he came back to the club and reconciled with the club, with uh, Rummenigge, Hönes, with his teammates. Because also uh, the atmosphere between him and teammates in the spring of 2018 was not exactly excellent it was a strange time with uh Jupp Ke- uh, uh you know um, in and his rescue mission and and it was so uh under the pressure of time that actually they didn't have a chance to have a proper conversation with Hannes all along this all along his stint so not Hannes, but sorry, Henkes, you Henkes. Yep. Mm, uh, and Robert felt alienated at the club, I think. Uh, mm, and he felt it's the right time to move. But as you know, uh, they didn't let him go and uh, offered him uh, a new uh, contract. And 
Robert uh, Nico Kovac sorry he mm, like he started his Bayern uh, career with actually reconciling Lewandowski with the club not many people still remember it mm. uh, because Kovac is you know perceived as a failure but I think this mm, emotional part was very important I don't think Robert respect Nico Kovac very much as a football teacher <laughs> and coach but this human side of Kovac was very important and he from the very beginning he told him you're important to me uh, and this was also a time when he was promoted to um, a third captain uh, so uh, this trio was formed of Neuer, Müller and Lewandowski and I think Robert needed it a lot and it was this moment when he forgot about leaving Bayern for uh, La Liga uh, and we had it quiet until recently and yeah. <laughs> look when, when Robert wants to leave it's uh, either Bayern like in Borussia times or Real and then 2018, it was Real Madrid again. And uh, now we are, it's all about Barcelona. But maybe Paris Saint-Germain will also come into contention as Pini Zahavi has very good uh, relations also with, uh, uh, with uh, Paris Saint-Germain people. So I still don't know what to think about it. Uh, it very much resembles for me the spring of 2013 at, in Dortmund when uh, you know the um, let's say his transfer demands he he really expected to be let go to Bayern uh, that summer but because of Mario Goetze and his release clause being activated not mm. Long before the Champions League final, Borussia took it really personal, if you can say so. And, oh, yeah, they definitely and did. <laughs> there is no way they would let him go. And he was so uh, disappointed because he he thought he uh, had had his their word that that they will they would let him go. Uh, but they decided otherwise. Uh, I don't know if you remember, but there was even a, in Der Spiegel there was a story about uh, his then manager uh, writing emails to Borussia that you are uh, ruining his uh, his career, and uh, we are not sure whether he's going to show up for the next training, and so on and so on. And it all ended with Borussia giving him a hefty pay rise. Uh, Robert staying for one more year, leaving uh, transfer free for Bayern, and actually uh, giving all his heart to Borussia still in this final season and becoming a Bundesliga goal scorer for the first time in his career, in his farewell season to Borussia. So that's also something that you always have to have in mind speaking about Lewandowski and his, let's say, club loyalty. It's interesting. Uh, you, you mentioned a couple of things here that I find fascinating, the, the fact with Niko Kovac and the human aspect of it, right? And it almost feels like that 
and we know the stories. We know the stories of Hassan Salih Hamidic and what's going on with Bayern Munich. We know that they made a last-minute play to sign Erling Haaland um, to hijack the the deal that was agreed with Manchester City, and that obviously didn't work because I think you know um, Erling Haaland has a very very much a career plan set in motion that he's going to Manchester City next and then probably to Real Madrid in a couple of years when that release clause is activated. But I, I feel like that one of the things that Lewandowski values the most is that he is appreciated at the club that he's at. And I think there was already kind of, a, the discourse was already negative between Bayern and Lewandowski right, over the last few weeks, months, um, maybe throughout this entire season, because Lewandowski wanted a certain amount of money, and Bayern said, look, we only give players in that age category one-year extensions, like we did, look what we gave Manuel Neuer and Thomas Müller, this is what we will give you also. But I feel like, okay, he was already upset about that, but I almost feel like, Pavel, that what killed this relationship now and i don't know if it's repairable or not but what seemed to have killed it is the fact that bayern negotiated with haaland to replace Lewandowski, and went behind his back almost to do so i think you sort of you know could have expected your club to to approach you if uh, you have scored so many goals for them. You've broken all the uh, records, and uh, you've been elected, uh, you know, uh, FIFA's best player, um, mm. and collected all these awards. Then you would at least, I think, uh, expect that you uh, will be approached first <laughs> with contracts renew. I don't know how you know. We had some. Uh, Let's say the versions differ. Uh, Robert says that there was no uh, renewal offer. Yeah, that's interesting. I find I find Oliver, that Oliver interesting. Kahn, yeah, Oliver Kahn said quite uh, firmly that there was a transfer, uh, there was a, a contract renewal offer, but it was turned uh, away by uh, the manager. So we will probably never know in details and for sure, but. Uh, Let's agree it was not a very, um, let's say, passionate way of uh, persuading him to prolong the contract. And uh, of course, he wants to protect his status. He know he knows his abilities and he knows what it means if uh, you know his club uh, tries to. Uh, let's say, convince Haaland, uh, a young gun, to come. Uh, and I think he was right in taking it a bit as, as a bit of an offense. At the same time, I think it's more complicated and it has to do with this vacuum that was left at Bayern when first Hansi Flick, then uh, Uli Hoeneß, Karl-Heinz Rummenigge left. And uh, everybody is now uh, on a crash course of something <laughs> in Bayern leadership circles, uh, whether it's Julian Nagelsmann or Oliver Kahn or uh, Hassan Salihamidzic, they are still 
learning <laughs> and uh, i think for robert it's difficult to find a sense of footballing life after hansi flick he was his dream coach uh, he made his team come true mm-hmm. so without leaving bayern robert won the champions league and like became this symbol of goal scoring <laughs> Uh, in uh, recent years and uh, I've told you already that he maybe didn't respect uh, Niko Kovac that much as a football teacher but he uh, with Hans, in Hansi Flick he found the whole package so yeah. the human side the this coaching side and he also respected very much uh the stuff uh, uh you know the even the analyst that came with flick and is now to went with him to dfp uh i forgot the name Rör, maybe mm-hmm. the guy from southampton yeah that sounds recruited right from, yeah. from ralph hassenhutl um uh, stuff because robert at, at some point at bayern the this 2018 let's say alienation uh, was then Uh, like, uh, let's say, uh, Niko Kovac's arrival helped a lot. But then uh, also it was... Uh, Bayern invested very much in uh, their stuff. So the moment when Hansi Flick came and also uh, Mr. Rohr and Robert felt like he found allies in the stuff uh, and... Uh, He was, uh, you know, very enthusiastic about the individual trainings with uh, Flick yeah. and with observations of Rur, even before, you know, Flick became a, a head coach. And then with him as a head coach, he got the wings and fly. <laughs> I think he misses it now. The, this feeling of of going up and up and up. If you, if you follow his career and this... Uh, sentimental part of his career you sure observe that he never kisses the badge he never tells the fans that he loves the club he didn't love i think any single club in his career it's he is a, a career guy he gives it all but the love This this word is, you know, for family, for his wife and daughters, not for football. And he doesn't also make friends in football. He makes progress. It's all about making progress, not making friends. And uh, I would call his career a business of scoring goals and making progress. And with without this, it's difficult to understand him because uh, he has this very sensitive human side. He doesn't let it uh, steer him in football. Uh, he once told me that uh, why he never kisses the club's budgets because you can kiss it for like five years, ten years, and then you get old, and any club in the world will kick you in the ass because you're too old. And I said like it was a time when uh, Kuba Boschikowski was released. Uh, let's call it sent away to, to Fiorentina by um, I think it was Thomas Tuchel yeah. uh, at Borussia yeah. 
and, and Robert uh, told me something like, look, Cuba was always very passionate. He was, uh, you know, fans loved him and maybe it's the proper way, but still it didn't um, prevented him from being kicked in the ass by Borussia when he was no longer, you know, uh, indispensable there. Mm -hmm. So I don't want to kiss the batch because I know that at the end, the club will still send you away. And, send you and away Bayern, if, if are, not, Bayern yeah. are definitely, you know, Bayern are definitely known for that. Um, look at what they did to Mansukic and um, Mario Gomez when they ended up getting Lewandowski. Yeah, yeah, actually, the cycle of life of a central forward at Bayern is quite short. Yeah, it Robert is. Broke the rule, yeah. you know. Uh, whether it was Elber or even Klose, or uh, you mentioned uh, Tony, Gomez. two years he was Luka he was a Tony. world star, and then they, he didn't produce yeah. one year, and it was, it was goodbye. Recycled, yeah. yeah, and it goes really and quickly in Bayern, and that's it. I think Lewandowski has probably been well. He's like Gerd Müller, isn't he? He's the the only yeah, one yeah. that comes to manage to have that kind of life cycle, other than Lewandowski. I find a lot of the things that you mentioned totally fascinating. And one thing that really stood out to me was you mentioned this human side and Nagelsmann. And I, I've, I've met and spoken to Nagelsmann at press conferences and he is cutthroat sometimes. And there was an interview in a Polish newspaper or outlet. I can't remember which it was, but um, where Lewandowski then said to Nagelsmann, those words were wrongly translated into German afterwards. You can correct me or not if I'm wrong. But mm -hmm. what I was getting at is Nagelsmann then spent the entire press conference on Friday. Um, apparently, he did not like what he heard. Translation mistake or not. And he went through the data and he found out that Bayern had that Lewandowski only received about five less crosses when compared to Hansi Flick uh, by a Munich side the year before. Um, could it be that in Nagelsmann, he has a coach? Because I, I also know that there is in the upper, you know, among the, the lead players at Bayern Munich, there is a group of players who are not happy with how detail-oriented Nagelsmann is. <laughs> Um, and I suspect that Lewandowski is one of those players. Why is it that him and Nagelsmann don't click? Mm, I think there was a lot of mutual interest in the beginning yeah. and enthusiasm, but uh, I think it has a lot of a lot to do with uh, status. Mm. Like uh, we were, you know. Uh, talking about all these great central forwards that had, you know, uh, this relatively short period of glory yeah. at Bayern, because you know, uh, being a central forward there is like being a king of a jungle. <laughs> you have all the, you know, uh, life is splendid, but also very dangerous, and uh, uh, sooner or later, rather sooner, you pay the price, and he managed to survive so long yeah. because he also knows how to protect his status so uh even you know take pep guardiola yeah never actually succeeded before 
in like uh, domesticating a, a, a real center forward. It's and true. with Lewandowski, it succeeded, but also Thomas Miller was a key. And Guardiola needed a lot of time to really, uh, you know, come to terms with uh, actually pairing Müller with uh, Lewandowski and and making them this uh, this duo like a, a central point of of attack. He tried with Robin. He tried with Götze. Yeah. Uh, and and but it didn't work that. Uh, well as with uh, Müller and Lewandowski. Mm. And now let's uh, go forward to flick times. It was all about Müller and Lewandowski again. And for, I don't know why, <laughs> uh, for uh, some reasons, Robert just doesn't click and go or get along that well with any other offensive player. Uh, uh, than Thomas Miller and if I were to uh, name one player that maybe changed the balance a little bit was uh, Leroy Sané mm. and uh, when Nagelsmann was trying to like revive his career and uh, make Leroy Sané great again he had to sacrifice Lewandowski to some extent because they are so like you know it's like with robin a little bit they they always competed for uh you know goal scoring opportunities it's uh, leo sané is, is brilliant and is uh, you know was uh, obvious that it's a good investment for nagelsmann to to revive uh his his career but it also meant that Lewandowski will be a little bit, I don't know the word, maybe marginalized a little yeah. bit in the inoffensive department. And we saw it for in, in many years, in many matches this season, even, you know, uh, with Sane being great or Sane being average again, that uh, this Bayern's attacking, con attacking concepts um, were not always... Uh, in favor of Lewandowski. Müller, of course. Yeah. Müller is also an interesting one that you mentioned, Thomas Müller, because I always think of Thomas Müller as the kingmaker at Bayern. And I mean the head coach. <laughs> if any yeah. head coach who threatens Thomas Müller will be soon later gone. Uh, and the list of his victims is long. It includes people like Nico Kovac yeah, King, yeah, Carlo Ancelotti. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. King Carlo, who's just... Everyone is... Uh, Having high regard. Even, even Guardiola. Even Guardiola. Yeah. Tried to kill the king because he thought, you yeah. know, he is too chaotic and I don't like chaos in my offensive plans. But then he yeah. understood, you know, it, this chaos is crucial. Yeah, if you um, want to succeed at Bayern, you have to be on Thomas Müller's side. And Thomas Müller did say a few things about Lewandowski on during the, the Meister fire, the, the party celebrations. Yeah. And uh, he did say that, well, <laughs> and it sounded like it wasn't him speaking, it was the club speaking. <laughs> it is quite clear that he is under contract until 2023. That means Bayern have everything in their hand. Now, Thomas seems to be quite clear about how this is going to go. Um, Lewandowski... Yeah, but he also, he also said, like, uh, listen, Bayern was able to 
Bayern was a club that was winning a Champions League even before Lewandowski yeah. came. That was quite powerful, you know. It's true, you did say that as well. I mean, Thomas is... I, I actually believe he will be the president or sporting director of Bayern Munich. <laughs> he probably already is, we just don't know it. But, <laughs> but it's, it, I do find this all interesting because is Bayern... I mean, Dortmund did it. They ha they were able to hang on to him for a year, even though it was quite clear that he was going to leave. But Bayern Munich, will they do the same thing? And can they, because it is already quite a lot of things are kind of in upheaval there at the moment. And you look at Borussia Dortmund and the things that they have been doing on the market already. I, I wonder if Bayern could even afford having Lewandowski for another year, A, financially, but B, is there a guarantee? I mean, you said he's all about the business of scoring goals, but he also knows he's 34 next year, this year, and his time of finding a top club, like, is Barcelona still going to be interested next year? I don't know, right? So maybe Lewandowski this time, because knowing that time is against him, do you think he is going to maybe push and actually be more aggressive about getting a move? I think uh, he is uh, what he did, like you know, uh, to uh, play the ball really hard with his interview in Wolfsburg was uh, understandable way of improving his uh, negotiating position. At the same time, I think he would be fine with both uh, solutions. So he can move to Barcelona and have this, like, you know, a Polish striker in Barcelona is going to be huge hype. Mm. So, and it also, you know, he, he has this feeling he is a global star, but not marketing-wise, sponsorship-wise. If you go to China, you will see Neymar, Messi. You won't see Lewandowski yeah. on uh, big billboards. And uh, that is something that, you know, it's really hard to break this barrier between a global star on the pitch, a global star in marketing department. And for some reason, he wasn't able to, to break this barrier. Why do you think uh, that is? I don't think it's because he's at Bayern. Um, there must be other reasons as well. I don't know. Uh, it really... He, he, he once said... Uh, when we were writing the book that, uh, no, somebody said about him, like, if you're Argentinian yeah. or Brazilian, you enter football world with exclamation mark over your head. <laughs> if you're Polish, you come with a question mark. And it says a lot, you know, uh, let's say uh, the, the global appeal is certainly bigger if you come from Santos or Rosario mm. and from Warsaw. And I think it's a part of the, um, the thing. But also, you know, he he entered this main stage when it was already cemented by Cristiano Ronaldo and Messi and then Neymar. Yeah. Uh, but now if you have uh, Mbappé like doing it and Robert Although he, you know, broke so many records, it's still like, let's say, uh, still can't go up to this. 
global global uh, status when it comes to marketing deals, sponsorship deals, then it says something, you know. Mm. Uh, and I think that's the that's one dream that will never be fulfilled for him. Uh, but going to Barca, to Real Madrid, will be a chance to test it, mm. to finally have a proof that maybe it was all about Bayern, not Robert. I personally don't think that's the case because, you know, Barcelona, I don't know. Real Madrid is a different story altogether. You you see what's going on with Benzema at the moment and the the global appeal that he's receiving for being in this Real Madrid side. But Barcelona, the the the, the stories have been so negative. Yeah, but take uh, Messi at Paris Saint-Germain and uh, Ballon d'Or mm -hmm. for Copa America. Okay. <laughs> yeah, but that's because he's Messi. Yeah, yeah, but it's okay. Well, but we were told it's about because Copa America. Yeah, no, but that's, uh, was uh, I'm sorry, that's Argentina. nonsense. It, it was it was all about yeah. him being Messy, and uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. and I, I I actually do agree with you. I think you have a huge bonus in life if your last name is English or Spanish uh, or Portuguese. Um, German players have the exact same problem, right? How many times have German players yeah, not yeah. won? Uh, a major individual title just because they were German. And I think Eastern European players in general as well, they fall into that same category. It is. Yeah, but look, even, you know, uh, but also Bayern versus Real in Barcelona, like Bayern winning a triple 2013. And yeah. was Manuel Neuer was third or Frank Ribery? I, I don't remember. Neuer won a World Cup and didn't get it. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and so, so you see how, you know, this. Uh, uh let's say uh marketing and and uh, popularity uh hierarchy played uh it can be frustrating yeah. Yeah, for a player like mm, and i can understand it and it's not about you know judging like if it's good or bad that messi is i think you know the the magic of his name is working miracles still even if in let's say autumn of his career yeah. But if you're Lewandowski and you have only one career, it's normal that you feel frustrated that you've done so much and you still, you know, uh, watch the other guy uh, taking Ballon d'Or uh, with him. And uh, one thing, you know, uh, Oliver Kahn said that, you know, he won't buy this theatrics around what Robert said and then it's all decided and basta. And I think he can also be relatively calm about it because if you see at this farewell season at Borussia Dortmund you get the proof that he can and it's a fascinating trait of his career and and of his personality I mean Lewandowski that he can really detach from all the discussions quarrels conflicts that are around him to just focus on delivering goals whether he loves the club or not he just loves scoring so much that he will deliver maybe with national team it's a little bit differently this emotional part interferes more in his like you know well-being of on the pitch but for the club he can uh, like separate the 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 conflicts with the presidents and even coaches uh, from uh, what he has to do uh, on the pitch but uh, I think he just, that he's, uh, 
he has his mission accomplished mm. in Germany. He can't find incentive when Champions League football ends for him. Nothing is excited in this, you know, league finish for him. Even adding one more goal, two more goals. He has already beaten Gerd Müller's record. Yeah. Um, and uh, doing it in a single season, uh, beating this feat will always be bigger than scoring uh, more goals than Müller overall yeah. in the whole game. I agree with that. It's, I 100% agree with that. And he's the guy that has to wake up every morning with a challenge. Yeah, He's that type of guy. Give him a challenge and he will be happy. So, and without challenge, he fades. And that's, that's a good question. And I, I personally think the way this is going to play out will very much depend on whether Bayern Munich can find a replacement this summer. And um, and it also depends, of course, if Barcelona can find the money. I mean, this is we have to remember Barcelona are virtually bankrupt <laughs> for the lack of better term. Um, yeah, but even if you even if you touch the problem of you know the next like uh, let's say um, their the transfer rumors yeah. that are up in, and you hear about Sadio Mane, I, I love the player, but not Lewandowski. <laughs> I mean, if you wait. To if you're unwilling to to invest real effort, you know, emotionally and financially in prolonging Lewandowski's contract, and at the same time you uh, you know you try to tempt Sadio Mane, how would you feel being Lewandowski? Yeah, Mane, I mean, is, is an interesting story altogether because he's the same agency as, as Serge Gnabry, right? And many people are saying it's the replacement for Serge Gnabry. And I find it interesting that this is done through the same agency as Gnabry's agency. Um, I was told that uh, Mane earns about $7 million at Liverpool. And Bayern Munich, of course, pay Kingsley Coman 17. So Bayern Munich have the financial power to, to actually outmuscle Liverpool. And Liverpool, of course, American-owned. We all know American owners turn every cent twice to see whether or not they can get a profit out of anything. Um, so Bayern actually do have the bigger financial power than Liverpool to to make a deal like that happen, which I find, find fascinating. But at the same time, you know, he's not going to be replacing Lewandowski. So I, you need you need yeah, to I find mean, a Lewandowski but, uh, replacement if you want to sell Lewandowski. Course, you need... Of course, not uh, you know not in teams tactics. No, but uh, uh, as let's say your designated superstar in social media. Yeah, but you need to score goals. So you lose Lewandowski. Yeah. You lose thirty-five to forty goals a season. Yeah, and uh, for him, I think at this point of the career, it's really important. You know. What's the hierarchy in the team? Yeah. If Mane joins Bayern, he will have to compete for, you know, being uh, number one mm. as it comes to you know the the status. Not of course, uh, not as number nine, mm. but as the face of a team. Yeah, I, I'm sorry, but I just don't see Sasha Kalajdzic replacing Lewandowski. <laughs> you know, Mane, Mane or not, I just. I love Kalajic, don't get me wrong, but I don't see him as a 35-goal scorer in this league. I just don't see it. With this all in mind, though, Pavel, because we, I've, I've taken way too much of your time already. How is... <laughs> no, and we still haven't told uh, a, a word about 
and but you touched the problem of of uh, agents and i think <laughs> if uh, zahavi uh for some reason bayern doesn't want to give any concession to zahavi because of alaba yeah but it was the same they weren't even a, you know willing to discuss about alaba yeah. uh i don't know if it's personal if it's uh, you know hernes piranha Zahavi thing. I think it's the that, original uh, contract negotiations they had between Lewandowski and Zahavi. Something happened there between the club and Zahavi. And that then affected them not being able to negotiate with Alaba. And now, of course, it's coming back again to Lewandowski. But it was the original. Something happened in the original contract negotiations between um, the club and Zahavi. Yeah. And Oli Hoeneß... Uh, I mean, he's a very interesting figure in itself. We could probably do an entire podcast just on him. But I think if you were in his crosshairs, you stay there forever. <laughs> and I think this is maybe also one of the, the aspects here that they are not willing to give, even though it's Lewandowski, to give Sahavi something that they're not giving to any of the other. Because Bayern will say, we're giving you the same thing as we're giving Müller. We're giving you the same thing as we're giving Neuer. We're not going to give you, and especially your agent, something that we not didn't give them. I think that's that's a big part of it. Uh, fair enough. Right. At the same time, I think you can't be uh, a serial uh, goal scorer without this egoistic trait. You know, hundred percent extreme one. Yeah. So uh, then, I think for him, uh, the, the, you know, we are offering the same as uh, to Thomas Müller. It's not really an explanation. No, because, <laughs> because people he, think yeah. it's like I should be getting yeah. more as Thomas Müller. Yeah, of course. Yeah, no, I I, 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 I understand that part, yeah. but I, I I think that I I'm like honestly, I don't disagree with him. I just. I think I'm just trying to explain where Bayern yeah, Munich yeah. is coming from and their thinking. And we also I mean, we touched about this earlier. Thomas Müller is Bayern Munich. You know, he, yes, he will be the course. next Oli Hoeneß, right? Um, so it, I think both, both parts have, you know, they have every right to, uh, like, uh, demand what they demand. Yeah. And maybe this going transfer-free next summer is quite a good option for both sides. As Rummenigge put it some time ago, he came here transfer-free. If he leaves transfer-free in 20, uh, 2023, after uh, so many years of good service, do you think it's not a fair option? That's what he said, and I think it's a, it's a fair option actually. And it's I, I you know we have to add too, and that Lewandowski will be one of the few strikers in Bayern Munich history to leave on his own terms. <laughs> <laughs> that hasn't happened uh, in a long time. Oh no, right? No, but if if, if they if they you know uh, demand he stays for one more year, then they will win this. Uh, this war, yeah. So it will not be on his terms. It's amazing that we're calling it a war now. <laughs> yeah, the cold war, the cold war. Yeah. Um, so with this in mind, 
and this is really now my final question. How do you think this is going to play out? Some time ago, I uh, had this, you know, feeling it, it's going to end in leaving transfer free yeah. in a year. Mm, now I'm not so sure. Uh, it was a bit of an escalation. <laughs> the last a little season. bit. <laughs> yeah. At the same time, mm, does it change much? I mean, Khan was quite unequivocal and... Mm. I don't think Bayern Munich is that kind of a club that needs to improve bargaining position by saying bullshit. So if Khan said, we won't let him go, I think he didn't mean give us more money, maybe we will let him go. He just meant we won't let him go. Yeah. So that's my feeling now. But, uh, you know, Khan is uh, a new one here, so... Maybe, you know, the the means have changed. I personally think that Bayern Munich is still governed from the Tegernsee, Pavel. Um, that's why Hassan <laughs> will always be there because, you know, he is Oli's man. Oli's man. Yeah. yeah. And I think I personally, the, you know, um, this is a, I, I, I grew up an 1860 fan, but Bayern Munich is the club that I understand way better. And spend way more time covering oh, and, um, through through many connections. Also understand how it operates. And my feeling and understanding is that this club is still very much run from a little house in, on oh, the Tegernsee. <laughs> no, Uli Hennes was the first one that uh, knew that Lewandowski is a world class Bayern Munich yeah. tier player, and he said, "Like we will have all the money necessary to." to grab him from Borussia Dortmund. So, of course, if he's still ruling from the back seat and he decides Robert fulfills his contract, it's also quite logical and, and maybe a, a good point mm. in this career. It's going to be so fascinating. Um, yeah. As always, the show is brought to you by Bet Online and Pavel. This was amazing. Uh, I really appreciate you taking this time. We planned 30 minutes. We had 45. Um, we have to have you back maybe once we have a conclusion um, okay. on this war, as you call it now. <laughs> well, this... as you know, we're journalists. We uh, like uh, to have colorful, colorful sentences, of course. Uh, now we have real war, so let's you know treat what I said with distance. Yep. I think they footballing wars are these wars that are uh, let's say not worth uh, our attention that much. No, it's just a game. Uh, it's intriguing. It keeps us all interested, and I think this one will keep lots of people interested for a lot of time. Listen, this has been great. Uh, we'll be back with our more regular show with um, Stefan as well later this week. We have a Europa League final to discuss and all sorts of news to discuss. Bundesliga clubs coming back, maybe coming back, maybe going down. Lots and lots of this still happening despite the fact that the season is over. So we'll be back soon. Until then, auf Wiedersehen.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.